special guests here on Below the Belt Show. We have actress Jen Cohn. You might know her as Cheryl Levine in Hulu's hit miniseries biopic, Welcome to Chippendales. Um, and uh, Jen plays Cheryl, the lawyer of uh, the character of Steve, played by Kumail Nanjani. Uh, Jen, uh, thanks for uh, joining us here on BTB, Below the Belt Show. My pleasure, my pleasure. Thank you and, so much. Thanks for yeah, having Yeah, and I, I tell you, I mean, we're called Below the Belt Show, but Chippendales is certainly shows a lot below the belt it's below the belt below the jeans below yeah we we go for it absolutely below the shirt done it, it, there's a lot of stuff going on yeah below the belt on the welcome to chippendale so when you first uh got uh, word that you will be playing um cheryl the lawyer what were your thoughts well i mean i was thrilled it was so much fun you know as as, as she was written, she's just so much fun because there's all this room if you want to make her big. And I found my biggest challenge was like really keeping her like a small size so that she could help move the story along and not like lean into like how, how fun her lines are. She's written to be really fun. So I love her. Very fun. Very pivotal. Yeah. Giving legal advice to... The baddie, uh, uh, <laughs> played by Kumail. Uh, he Stephen. can't get out of his own way, man. He yeah. He's getting in his own way. Just. Yep. I, we got my co-host joining here, Chachi McFly, the king of the 80s. How's it going? Chachi McFly, you have the best name in the business. <laughs> well, thank you. I want your, wait, that's going to be my new stage name. I'm going to steal your name. Oh, I don't steal my name. Chachi Come on. <laughs> well, as long as you, you give me a nod to it. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, Chachi is the king of the 80s, and of course, this uh, series uh, took place in the 80s, I guess a little bit of the 90s, too, because that's yeah. when... Uh, I think the 70s, too, right? Late and 70s. the 70s, so we're, yes. we're, we're talking... in the late 70s, yeah. Three decades uh, of... Um, and I gotta say, the costuming was on point. Right. Unbelievable, right? Our costume designer's a genius. It was so much fun. But Cheryl's clothes were, were such a blessing, like all of the yeah. designer... Very Joan Collins dynasty, lots of you know that major designer stuff. I had a very good time in the clothes. Wow, that did you yeah. get any? Oh, I guess any um, decision making on on what wardrobe or how you would style your hair? I or did just have some. I did have yeah. some. I had some say in her colors and her makeup. And then as we were trying on the different outfits, you know, there's that thing like when you try on uh, a wedding dress or something and you say yes to the dress. Like when you put on the right outfit, everyone knows like, oh, this is exactly the right outfit. There's <laughs> a, a particular Angaro jacket that was just thrilling. And there was a, uh, a Gautier suit that was like, it was, it was so good. And for a fashion head like me, all mm. of this delicious vintage wear was just too good. It was very exciting. Yeah. Were you familiar with the whole story before you signed on for the part? I was. I was familiar with the story. Uh, I had known about the story for a long time, and I knew that it was a long time in making uh, because it had originally been written as a script, as a movie for a Bollywood star. And then that went sideways and it got shelved by a Bollywood production company for nearly a decade. And then once our show's creator, Robert Siegel, uh, was working on Pam and Tommy before he started working on this. Yes. He was talking to a producer who went to him and said, 
So, by the way, you know, we should really work together on something else. Have you ever heard the story of what happened with Chippendales? He's like, I wrote this script all these years ago. <laughs> and it was crazy. Uh, and so then at that point is when he started wanting to talk to Kumail about it. And he had this okay. real image of it for him. So, yes, so I had been aware of it for a long time. Yeah, Kumail did a fascinating job. Like, it was, he did great. Like, it really, like, I mean, he really brought the character to life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, and I really feel like it works best as a, as a limited series versus a movie. I know you're alluding to a movie because uh, we wanted to see a little bit of the character develop. We, we wanted to. So much story to tell. A lot of story to tell. Yeah. Which I, so I didn't I, know about the whole story. I heard like little bits and pieces, but you know, right. I never thought that I would be watching a series based on male strippers. You know, like I right. never saw <laughs> Magic Mike movies or whatever. But it's right. like there's so much for everybody. Like if you're into half naked men, you got stuff for you. If you're into like murder, if you're into action, if you're into business and like the 80s, there's something for like everybody, I think. And, and also some hot women in there too. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yourself included. Hot women in there too. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. I'll take it. Thanks. Yes, I love it. Uh, how did you How did you like working with Kamel? Oh, what a doll he is. He's lovely. He's such a nice guy. He's super collaborative. He's very available and open. He made it very friendly. He was warm. Um, you know, I was nervous because I wanted to really help him get where he needed to get in these scenes. And like, of course, every scene I'm dropped into with him is like me bringing down the hammer and like raining on his parade. So mm -hmm. I was like, I want to help you get to where you need to get and still be doing my thing. Right. And I want it still to be nice between us, but it worked very well. He was like trying to be a it's like trying to be a parent with a child who's out of control. You know, like he's like he can't get out of his own way in this um, whole mm -hmm. story. Which is sad because he had everything. He had everything that he could have possibly dreamt of, and he, it wasn't enough. He wanted more. I have a couple of friends who have done this to themselves, like what? over the years. I have, well, I mean, not they haven't like gone and like no, no spoilers. People hit on spoilers. <laughs> I have many friends who've like dug on quite as far, but right. I think that there's a thing that happens once you've gotten a certain degree of success where you just sort of lose sight of how to hold on to what you have and to value what you have and all you can see is what's in front of you and not like and not have this protective instinct for what you've already created you know i found myself just shaking my head a lot and i felt like for cheryl like i think that cheryl sympathizes because she knows that he's ambitious but meanwhile like look what he's doing he's making such a mess of everything it was really it was an interesting character to be dealing with yeah, for sure. And I, I am not sure why this series didn't get any uh, Golden Globe or Emmy uh, attention. I'm kind of well, shocked, Emmy actually. For next year, it's Emmy attention will be the next. Oh, is it the next so year? Yeah. Okay, Emmy good. Thank you for clarifying that. Okay, good. Um, well, that's I think why. It was too close to the Golden Globes. Those nominations came out like I don't ah. even know if it was a month later. Okay, so, so we'll be attention for next year, hopefully. Yeah, but Murray Bartlett was nominated for Critics' Choice Critics for his Choice. performance in it, which was yes. great. And we just found out that we were nominated for a GLAAD Award. So that's coming up yeah. next. I think that's either going to be in March or in May. So we've got that. And then the Emmys we have to look forward to oh, good. Uh, okay. in September. And I think that word of mouth, I mean, the fact that guys like you are talking about it, oh. I, I, it seems to be a creeper. Like just today, <laughs> someone, seriously, yeah. a friend of mine was telling me today how her sister, when they saw that it was happening, they were like, I'm not going to watch that. It's just going to be naked men. And then right. as soon as they <laughs> saw it, they went, oh, my God, no, no, no. It's like, it's great. Like, the show is, the show is 
excellent. And like you said, it's got right. something for everyone. Yeah, but even like the Nick character was great throughout the whole thing. Like how he like, you know, really turned uh, this rough um, male stripper, kind of just like guys getting up there and just stripping off into a, actually like a kind of like an off-Broadway type of show, you know, which really took it to the whole next level. Production mm -hmm. values. I mean, that's what it needed. It needed someone with an eye for production values to make it good. Yeah. Played by Murray Bartlett. Yeah. Who's great. He's also was in um, White Lotus. Yeah, he just won the Emmy for yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, did he win the Emmy? Oh, awesome. He, well yeah. deserved. Yeah. No, he's amazing. He's, so, yeah, he's so he had a great cast. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, killer. Killer. And Juliette Lewis. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. She's amazing. Fantastic. Brilliant. And, uh, and Annalie Ashford was Who's just Irene? fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's she's amazing. She was in uh, Impeachment. She played uh, Paula Jones in Impeachment. Okay, yeah, yes. Broadway star. Another she's great show. Sensational in this. Yeah, she's so good. No, I was yeah. amazed how like great. how the quality's gotten so great now in these these limited series, and it's great because it can be like one season, and that's all you need sometimes to tell the whole entire story. And like it's movie quality. I mean, this one had like the sets of movie quality, the acting and movie quality. Yep. The suspense, like they, I mean, and you said like, um, it's from the same producer as Pam and Tommy. That yeah, it was same creator. The creator, creator. Oh, same creator. creator. Okay, definitely. Which, which you are uh, in uh, as Rachel and the radio DJ. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes I am. Yeah, yes. I very. I I had a very little part. I was Bob Guccione's uh, head henchwoman. Yes. Pam and Tommy. I had a blast. That was awesome. Well, you had a little part. You had a little Hold part, on. and Tommy D. Tommy D. Did not. Yeah. So does that mean you didn't have to audition because you you're already uh, in the good graces of the producers? Well, he, I was a known quantity. I was definitely okay. a known quantity at that point. Well, that what made that so amazing was yeah. a little speaking of 80s. So uh, yeah. with Maxwell Caulfield was like a childhood. He, do you do you, Chachi? You know Maxwell Caulfield. You're at, he was he was the cool okay. rider in Grease too. And he was okay. a dynasty. There you go. <laughs> he was, so he was like a major heartthrob. He was like a tiger beat, you know, post, you know poster <laughs> on all girls' walls. He was like I didn't have his poster, such a no, heartthrob. But... <laughs> and when I was in sleepaway camp, when I was really little, my best friend from sleepaway camp and I were like, Maxwell Caulfield, Grease too. And I was like, someday I will co-star with him. Someday he and I will... <laughs> And here I am. I got to be his right-hand woman in Pam and Tommy. And so oh, the awesome. first thing I did was snap a picture and like send it off to her and be like, "Dude, I did it! It's me, Maxwell Caulfield. We made it!" So it was very exciting. Very cool. Yeah, but I was saying like even watching um, watching um, um, Chippendales reminded me of Pam and Tommy, the quality of it. So I didn't know it was from the same creator. So that yeah. makes sense. He's he's good at like giving you like the, the 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 sugar you want with a little medicine in it he's <laughs> yeah. like very good at right. making those kinds of projects and a lot of male anatomy too why yes. not right <laughs> sure. lots sure. of cocaine lots of cocaine oh yeah yeah always <laughs> cocaine more cocaine right? great 80s music yeah yeah, yeah. great I know, Chachi, you're you're a very a big critic of of '80s soundtracks when when they're not you know present in '80s um, oh, you know, right, uh, period exactly. pieces, and and this this series actually hit the nail with music, didn't it? No, oh, I, I agree, I agree, and I like how um, it's on Hulu where they release one episode a week, which I enjoy. That way, I can look forward to it like, each week instead of having to binge watch everything in that one same weekend. It kind of makes it more like a special event for myself. Do you? I know a lot of people like the Netflix way? model. I I do myself because that way. 
Me too. The, the whole Netflix model, like for like Stranger Things or something, like I watch the whole entire um, season in like one weekend, and then I'm, you know, have to wait another year and a half for the next season. At least this, it's like I can look forward to it. I can talk about it with um, friends or whatever. I like it better. Anyhow, I think we're like programmed to love appointment TV. Right. Like even though, yeah, I mean, binging mm-hmm. is fun and everything, but having an appointment with a show, it's so yeah. exciting. And then it it's very 80s, right? Talk. Yeah, <laughs> it's, very 80s. it's very 80s. I love it. So, so after after the series, actually, I watched the um, documentary on um, on Chippendales. It's also on Hulu, which, you know, gave a lot more of the background. And like, um, was there stuff in the um, series that you know of that was that was different than the real life um, news story? Yeah, well. Uh, my character is not a, an official character in the real chronicle of what happened. Ah, okay. Um, and, and <clears throat> pardon me, Andrew Rannell's character, who plays uh, Murray Bartlett's love interest and who finances the New York club and the tour, <clears throat> he's also a fictionalized character. That's not a real character in the trajectory okay. of the story. Interesting. Okay. I mean, and the other part is we know very, very little about Steve Banerjee's wife, about Irene Irene Banerjee. Like right. we know remarkably little, so a lot of that had to be filled in. But uh, yeah, because I thought I um, saw in the documentary that her the real life wife um, didn't go into the club at all. Where in this series, like she was the accountant, I believe. Yep. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. That like I said, there's so little known about her. I. I think there's like I don't even think there's a photo of her out on public record. I, I I'm under the impression wow. that wow, there's okay. like remarkably little known about Irene. Um, so that's why you had more say so in your um, your um, outfits and stuff for the series, huh? In the look I, of her. You know what? I mean, I guess because we're not comparing it to a picture, but right. if they would have had a female lawyer at that time in Los Angeles, I imagine this is what she was wearing. Right. Yeah, I think it would. It's very believable. Very, very Joan Collinsy. It was yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, it was perfect. It was phenomenal, phenomenal job. That is so awesome. I want to talk about a couple other cool things. Um, you do a lot of voiceover work. Um, looking at your IMDb, um, Overwatch 2 uh, being one of the more recent uh, uh, projects. Uh, I was curious what came first, the acting or the voiceover work? I mean, if you look at origin stories, isn't it all the same? I mean, I started as an actress, like that. The goal was to be an actress, but of course, I loved cartoons. I loved Mel Blanc. I loved right. all of oh, yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and I was always doing crazy voices in shows and plays. Like whenever I did anything, there was always a a character voice or an accent or a thing. Um, I went to co- I went to acting school all through my childhood, and I went to college and got a BFA at Emerson College uh, in acting. And all throughout, like I, I loved doing these big characters. So I got my first voiceover job while I was in college. I had I had like a just like a little passing one, and that was my first time saying, "Ooh, I like this. This is like fun. <laughs> this is great work to do." Uh, and then when I moved to New York years later, uh, I started doing these like really terrible off, 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 off Broadway shows and like you know, terrible indie films. But producers kept coming up to me and telling me how great my voice was. And so I got pulled into the studio to audition for some voiceovers and started booking them fast. And that's when I said like, oh, this is really fun. I'm still getting to be super creative. I'm still getting to like 
take direction, having to emote, having to do things. But I get to wear whatever I want. And yeah, I you can wear your pajamas. Wear I, want. I can age it up, <laughs> age down. No, pajamas. No, I like, I'm like a platform boot and okay. dramatic <laughs> dresser. Like, I don't want to look like the nurse on the left. I want Okay. Like, Even if you're not being seen on camera, you, you still yeah. want to dress. Yeah. The, you know, put, you know, put it all that together. Was, I, I get it. That that's great. That's great. So, so they both sort of happened in tandem. Um, my voice, I've been, my voiceover career really took off maybe, like, is it 15, 15, 20 years ago is when my voiceover started to take off and it started with mostly commercials. And then during that is when I first did Avatar, The Last Airbender. That was my first big animated gig. Um, and then I've done a bunch of video games since then. And the Overwatch fandom has been like the most exciting, big, yes. you know, affecting part of my my voiceover career. Like it really has brought me into the world of the gamers and brought me into the convention circuit and to oh, all the world. Yeah. So it's been really special. Nice. Did you actually play the game yourself? I have such terrible hand-eye coordination. <laughs> <laughs> horrible. Like. We think I must have like a left-right disorder, like or something, something just like that, right? So I have played really, really, really badly. I'm very bad at it. Right. Yeah. Well, Star Wars is one of my biggest fandoms, and I saw that you did the Old Republic onslaught and Star Wars awesome. Squadrons recently. Yeah. Old Republic, Shadow yeah. of the Raven. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I love working in the Star Wars universe. Uh, mm. My favorite has been doing Lord Zash. For the Old Republic. Old Republic, it's Rise of the Hutt Cartel. Great Sith Darth. She's like amazing. She's How does really, she sound? Um, she's got this real curl to her voice. She's always plotting things. She's she's like really fun apprentice. She's yeah. like she's great. She's super <laughs> evil. Awesome. You can like hear her twirling <laughs> a mustache. She's really good. She's fun. <laughs> wow, so yeah. many great, great games. Uh, Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead uh, Redemption are two of the most popular video games of all time, and, and you're a part of those franchises as well. Wow. Yes, I've done a bunch of stuff for Rockstar. I, Rockstar. I live in New York, and that's and so Rockstar, who does uh, Red Dead and has done all the GTAs, so I've done a bunch of GTAs, and it's uh, it's been great. And then this crazy project I'm working on now, ironically, ends up being in GTA. It feels oh, very yeah? full circle. Uh, yeah, I did. So I well, I started. This is, so I do this podcast about creators in the metaverse. It's coming out any minute now. Uh, it's called cool. the MetaStyle Podcast, and it's about Throw it out. ways to get into the metaverse. And one of the people that I talked to in it, and who I talked to on my Twitch stream earlier, is this actor named Sam Crane, who goes by the name Rustic Mascara, who started this project. <laughs> where he started doing Shakespearean soliloquies in Grand Theft Auto, like during the pandemic. He started <laughs> like having his avatar in GTA, like do these Shakespearean monologues. And sometimes he'd get blown up or run over. And sometimes <laughs> he'd get a crowd of people to listen. But meanwhile, <laughs> it felt like what Shakespeare felt like back in the 1200s when it was written, where you really didn't know what was gonna happen. And it was really improvisational and very exciting and, and sort of like rough and tumble and cool. Anyway, he got a lot of attention for doing this project of doing these soliloquies. And he winds up deciding that he is going to do a full production of Hamlet from <laughs> casting to production 
in GTA. <laughs> so a documentary was made about it, and I was the token American, and it was all of these fabulous British actors, mostly like all these stage actors from Britain, yeah. and me as Horatio. And so we wow. did a full production on July 4th, and it was amazing. You can watch it on YouTube. If you just look up uh, GTA Hamlet, you could find it. Or Rustic Mascara. Yeah, it's awesome. And we're up for a stage award next week in London. Oh, wow. We're up for the Innovation awesome. Award. I know. So that's really cool. So I'm excited to do more of those. Congratulations. Hope like you grab the award. Funny way to be doing like another thing in GTA. I actually have a voice in Vice City. I do a, a character in Vice City Stories. So like we've mm -hmm. had during rehearsals, our cast go see me in in the game. It was very funny. It was like a wacky, crazy confluence of worlds. Awesome. Well, I never, was curious. Never thought. Yeah, I know, right? I thought I'd see Shakespeare in like um, Grand Theft Auto. Dude, That's crazy. It, yes. it's so wild. It's just wild because you really don't know what's going to happen. I mean, <laughs> yeah. at one point, our plane crashes, our blimp blows up. We have to have <laughs> snipers to keep people from shooting us. It was it just, it was outrageous and so engaging and so accessible. Like, it's a way that you can see this kind of work going forward and having the energy that it originally had when it was written. Like oh. now when you think of Shakespeare, it's so stiff and blah, 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 sure. blah, blah. Right. And that, but to have it where you actually know what's going on and you're engaged and you get to follow and you're in a game, it's like, it's, it's like very exciting. Wow, I'm very intrigued. That's yeah. cool. We'll have to look out for that and of course on youtube gta hamlet well yeah. uh jen are there any um like dream projects left or, or things that you want to do uh actors or directors you want to work with uh left in your endless. career endless right endless <laughs> yeah oh my gosh endless endless i want to do so many things i mean I'm, ha I'm i'm having a really good exciting creative time right now nice. uh so i'm working like i said on the podcast i've been working on doing the the GTA Hamlet project yep. and wherever that's going to lead. I always want to do more games. I would love to do more of the on-camera work. I'm having such a good time with it. Um, Any other crime stories you'd like to be a part of? Yeah. Oh, what other crime story would I want to be a part of? So many good ones. I could see like a good like Nancy Kerrigan oh, one or like. No, how about? Yeah, that's been done with I Tyler Robbie. That yeah. You know what, what I always heard about? I heard about. Um, Susie Essman from Curb Your Enthusiasm, she always wanted to do a series about these like, you know, there are these like epic department stores in New York and in the New York suburbs and these like, like dueling fashion uh, you know, icons who are like buying, but they're very New York and they're like buying different clothes and they're competing right. with who carries what. And where. I want that <laughs> job. I That'd be good. That would be a really fun I would like to do that project. Susie, if you're watching this, I would like that job. Yeah, yes. she's great. So from Susie is so funny yes. when she yells at Jeff Garland. Oh, I love it. And love yeah, yells Larry. at Larry. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Totally. No, <laughs> it's just so love, good. Love. Now, now, I can see an updated, like, uh, I can see Amy you story. by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah you can see an updated till we in here. Oh, Amy Fisher story with, like, Joey Buttafuco. Oh they my God! Some, yeah, for some, sure. Some right? made-for-TV movies back in the day, but I don't think they have done any recent like long series on it. 
That was a crazy story, the Amy Butterfoco story. <laughs> all, the, all the crazy shit came out in the 90s, Amy all the crazy Fisher. stories, yeah, all the crazy yeah. murders. Yeah, the news is News is boring nowadays. I know. Well, well, I'd hardly 90s. say that. I'm sure well, that there are plenty. There's some crazy stuff going on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is interesting, though. For more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll see. Awesome. Well, Jen, fun. wow, we thank you so much for chatting with us here, here on Below the Belt Show. So if you could, before we let you go, do a little promo. Let us know who you are throughout your character from Welcome to Chippendales. Throw out a catchphrase, maybe like a reference below the belt, because our our you know our show name is Below the Belt Show. <laughs> so. Love it. Love it. Uh, hey, this is Jen Cohn, and I play Cheryl Levine on Hulu's Welcome to Chippendales. And you can watch Chippendales or the show Below the Belt. That's yes. Awesome. 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 Let's do a uh, snapshot. All right. Sure. All right, on the count of three, one, two. Awesome. Jen, right, thank you so much. And thank you to PR Machine. Guys, total pleasure. Thank you. That thank was really you. Yeah. Check out come back all, a, come back all again. the episodes yes. on Hulu. I would love right. to. Yeah, I'd happily come back. Cool. Thank you, yes, guys. It's a great series. Check it out. Yep, I'm Hulu, so all eight episodes streaming. Thank you. Do you need my social media handles? Just throw yes. it out. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. I'm everywhere at Hey, it's Jen Cohn, but my dominant places to find me are Instagram and TikTok. So that's where. But if you're a gamer, I'm on Twitch, and I've been simultaneously streaming on TikTok and Twitch lately, all sorts of streams that are gamer-centric, advice streams, styling streams, blah, blah. Check it out. Awesome. Oh, great. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jen. Have a great Thank night. You, Thanks for Thank right. you, guys. Thanks. Thank Bye. you, PR Machine, Bye. and Rachel, and Mike, and everyone else. <laughs> and everybody, and the crew. Okay. Thanks. All right.